Welcome to the NL Full-Time Podcast Playoff Final Special. I'm Luke Edwards. Later on, we'll hear how the National League North and National League South Finals went on, and we'll hear from the victorious managers. So, if you don't know the score or who won, then, well, you'll find out who it was later on. Rob and Dickie aren't with me this week because they were down at Wembley watching the National League Playoff Final. They've had a busy day. They're on the way back. So, they've recorded all this for us. So here we are at Wembley Stadium for the Vanarama National League promotion final. And it's only tradition now that we speak to the now editor of the non-league paper, Matt Badcock. I don't think you were this time last year, were you? I don't think, well, I technically was this time last year because it was always, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean, that the final last year wasn't. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think uh, normally this weekend we'd be kind of expecting expecting some the, the 2021 season to have kicked off but here we are on the final day of the 1920 season in uh, in non-league football just 363 days later i think roughly have you checked the record books is there any other anomalies is this officially the longest ever non-league season in the record books i haven't checked the record books but i'm i'm pretty confident that it that it is i mean you know to be going all the way through has been been incredible i was just saying a minute ago i didn't really ever expect it uh, we'd kind of get to this point where the, the games would be would be played really I mean there's an awful lot's happened since March when the last last balls were kicked um, in the in the season before the season was effectively abandoned and, and a lot's gone on since then there's been a lot of back and forth and um, but here we here we are in early August and uh, playing the playing for a place in the football league is going to be going to be fascinating. The semi-finals were tight as you'd have expected but uh, ultimately the two sides that have progressed to the final have set us a lovely storyline, haven't they? Two very, very contrasting sides. One of the longest and oldest uh, football league clubs in Notts County that have played over 5,000 games at that level. And up against them, Little Harrogate Town, who uh, are bidding to be in the football league for the first time in their history. It, it couldn't be really written much better, could it? No, definitely not. I mean, they say two completely sort of con- contrasting sort of clubs and stories. Um, I was just kind of on the way driving on the way down. I was thinking of about a few years ago when I, when um, Harrogate beat Torquay in the FA Cup. Uh, I can't remember what round it was. I think it was the first round. I remember speaking to Simon Weaver then and kind of you know how delighted he was and how they you know he was talking about how we stayed in, in the hotel before and it was great and the lads you know the, how, how well they performed to go down and beat beat Torquay and and here they are sort of you know less than a less than a decade later looking at trying to get into that into that football league i think they've they've been excellent this season um obviously they would they would have fancied their chances of, of catching barry but we, we'll never know what what would have happened will we but they um they they came they came back from from last season when they got to the playoffs and they you see what happens to the other teams in the playoffs who, who haven't gotten there and and they've gone and finished second which sort of shows the it's testament to all of them shows the strength for their their team and the and the sort of the extra players that um, Simon Weaver Weaver got in and then and then Notts County literally just over a year ago that they they were saved and you know we never knew there was a real danger that the club wasn't even going to exist at, at one point and I think probably people yes they are Notts County and we know the size of them and the sort of the pool that they have but I think people can underestimate the, the kind of the job that Neil Ardley's done and also the that the players have done to get themselves in this position in such a short space of time and we all sort of we spoke to Ben Turner in the um in the week the um defender and he he was sort of saying when he went in he he, he didn't have to put up with all the difficulties through last summer of late wages and bills and debts mounting up he was one of the he was the first signing through the door 
and he was kind of saying, you know, when I came in, it was a completely flat um, dressing room that had to sort of pick itself up off the off the floor. There was no momentum. They were going from a complete standing start, and and here they are. And it's going to be a really tight one to call today. We'll make this the final question because the PA system's kicked in here at Wembley just a couple of minutes early from my point of view. <laughs> um, a particular player that you're looking out for today from either side that, that might just be the difference between the two sides? I think we talk about Harrogate, we talk about Diamond and um, you know, Josh Falkenham is going to be an important player for him in that, in that holding midfield role. Uh, Notts County uh, went to Barnet last week and I think everyone was, uh, everyone, you know, Cal Roberts has sort of uh, delivered on what he's kind of been showing in the before um, before everything locked down and he was a really, um, really impressive last week so I think he, he would be, uh, he'd be one who could really be a match winner, winner for him but there's also lots of other impressive performances. They've got a lot of experience in there, Notts County like Jim O'Brien and, uh, and Doyle so it's going to be a, I think it really is a coin flip today Brilliant Matt thanks for joining us we'll let get you get back to your duties and uh, look forward to catching up with you again next season I'm joined prior to the match by the Nottingham Post's Lee Curtis and Lee the team sheets are out uh, Notts County you think they'll line up as a 4-4-2 do you and how will they line up yeah, I mean, in terms of Notts' selection, it's uh, very familiar to those who have watched Notts this season. In goal will be Sam Slocum, the right-back will be Richard Brinley, the centre-half pairing will be Alex Lacey and Ben Turner, the left-back will be Joel Bagan, who's on loan from Cardiff. Across the middle, Callum Roberts will play right wing, Mitch Rose and Michael Doyle will occupy the centre, and Jim O'Brien will play on the left-hand side. And up front, Christian Dennis partners Carl Wooden in attack. Question to you, how great is it I know we're into August now, but this time round, to be writing about a potential success rather than uh, the, the horror story that was last season. Well, it's been a remarkable turnaround. I mean, if somebody had asked me this time last year whether I'd think I'd be sat at Wembley covering Notts County, I would have told them they were mad. There was just so much to do. The takeover was completed late. The team was thrown together just over two weeks at the start of the season. You know, these players didn't have a pre-season together. People forget that, but... You know, what they've done and what they've achieved in, since that time has been utterly remarkable. Uh, and now they stand 90 minutes away from what could be a remarkable achievement. Very, very tight. But probably Harrogate and Notts County could probably argue the strongest that if the season had continued, they'd challenge Barrow. So it kind of feels right, doesn't it? Um, my take from afar, I've seen both sides a couple of times. Uh, I think Notts County have definitely got a number of different weapons that can hurt you in front of goal and Harrogate are pretty dogged and they don't give an awful lot away. They're a very, very efficient team as well. Your thoughts on how it might pan out? I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be nervy. Um, I think there's been a lot of talk about the wide players and, you know, could they be the difference on the day? Personally, I think it'll be whoever wins the centre of midfield battle. You know, there's some big competitors in there. Josh Falkingham for Harrogate. Michael Doyle, of course, who's... 38 but has been such an inspiration this season um, been absolutely fantastic throughout the campaign probably a real strong contender for player of the season he's been here to Wembley before and, he's, and has won um, and, it's just, and Ben Turner's had that Wembley experience as well so I think those players will be key uh, just to help the sort of younger members of the squad get through it. it as always I think these games are much of a lottery I think whoever handles the occasion better will come out and get the result Brilliant Lee thank you very much for your help and for joining us and enjoy your afternoon Thank you So Harrogate come out in their traditional yellow and black strip, of course with the Covid protocol 
It's one team at a time here and no handshakes. But a very proud Simon Weaver leads his Harrogate Town side out onto the Wembley Turf. And here come Notts County, who on first evidence would appear to have quite a lot more people here than Harrogate. And when we're talking about the number of people, we're talking about tens and fifteens, nothing more than that. Bring it on. So thanks to uh, Lee Curtis for telling us how Notts County will line up this afternoon. We're about to have kickoff here at Wembley. Haven't bumped into Hal, who would normally uh, help us with the Harrogate team, but uh, I'm here with uh, Dickie. Uh, I think both sides will be 4-4-2, won't they? How do you see Harrogate lining up? Certainly looks that way at the moment. Um, Hall and Smith in the centre, obviously Con Hall, friend of the show. Uh, Ryan Fallerfield um, there at right back. He's on the far side. I think Warren Burrell might be at left back for Harrogate to see uh, this afternoon. Mm. Um, normally used to seeing him in a in a more defensive midfield position when he was in, uh, in National League North but obviously he's he's travelled up through the divisions with Harrogate and um, looking to do so again today and uh, in Jack Diamond they possess a real weapon Aaron Martin gets a second chance perhaps didn't really show in the semi-final but today might be his day well it would be quite a day to make an impression wouldn't it you know Aaron Martin uh, new to National League North level even at the start of this season with Geisley rattled in something like about 15 goals in 15 games and had a rash of injuries that didn't stop Harrogate Town coming in um, to sign him in the January transfer window and he, he's not really featured for them since then but uh, yeah straight into a semi-final last weekend and uh, yeah playing at Wembley a week later that's it thank you Dickie for joining us for that we're underway here in the National League promotion final between Harrogate and Notts County let's see what unfolds well, we've had an early goal here in the National League playoff finals. Just five minutes on the clock. A ball squared in from the right. And George Thompson with a toe poke finish. Um, lethal from a yard, as they say. What a start for Harrogate Town. The shock is on. Well, would you believe it? We're approaching the half hour mark here at Wembley, and Harrogate have doubled their lead. And he's officially going to be friend of the show for life now because he'll probably be doing it from uh, the distance of EFL next season. Well done, Connor Hall. Well done, St. Neitz. 2-0 Harrogate. Less than half an hour gone. Even in their wildest dreams, Dickie, Harrogate 2-0 up at half-time. That's not how the script was supposed to go, not from Notts County's point of view anyway. No, it isn't. And, and the truth is, it, it could have been more as well, Aaron Martin's... Uh, put an effort wide and he's, he's also hit the post and, and, and Harrogate have been in almost con complete control haven't they? Yeah I think they've been in command all over the pitch George Thompson's uh, scored one made one Connor Hall's been immense at the back and uh, um, has popped up at the other end to poke home from, from, from that Thompson free kick and yeah I just it does look like one team's playing on a free hit and the other one's playing under pressure doesn't it at times Harrogate have just done the simple things right and Notts County I just lost count of how many times they've given away possession in you know needlessly yeah and Notts County just look a little bit more 
stilted in possession like they're not quite sure what to, they're going to do with it when they get it whereas I think Harrogate everybody seems a lot more well drilled they're just tidier in possession and, and, and crucially you know they're getting a lot in that final third as well they're picking up loose balls they're winning free kicks in that zone as well when County can't you know stop them legitimately and um, yeah I mean they're, they're 45 minutes away from dreamland aren't they Looking at some of the big hitters in the Notts County side, there was one little moment earlier on with Callum Roberts where he was sort of jinking it around in the penalty area in Harrogate, but desperately just trying to get the ball straight off him and couldn't. But that's really the only moment he's been allowed to have um, in the danger zone in the first half. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been very quiet. I'm sure he's somebody that um, Harrogate would have been well aware of. And uh, uh, Warren Burrell's done pretty well at, uh, at left back and, and kept him quiet and yeah that county are going to need somebody like him to to step up and 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 produce a bit of magic to sort of get them back into this one because i think if the next goal goes to harrogate i think that is is game over and i suppose the worst thing harrogate uh, town can do now at half time is, is is take their their eye off the ball and think that they're there because they're not they've still got a very very big 45 minutes to play I think it'd be a very interesting team talk from from Simon Weaver. It'd love to be a, a fly on the wall downstairs at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean that that's surely got to be his message to them is to to just keep doing what you've been doing for the first 45 minutes. Don't think about you know the fact that we've got a two goal lead. You know, just keep doing what we're doing. And and you know if if they do that, they'll they'll get the reward. Um, County, yeah, they're, they're just going to have to try and shake this up somehow. I would imagine Ardley will, 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 will probably resist the temptation to make wholesale changes at half-time, but both sides have got strong benches today. Just looking at the Notts County bench, Dickey, who stands out for you as someone who could come on and uh, potentially uh, change the game? Baldwin, maybe? Well, yeah, he's, he's the obvious uh, you know, the, the name on, on my lips here when, when you're thinking about who's gonna, potentially going to come on and change the game for them. Yeah, they've, they've just haven't offered very much at all in that final third. I think there was one effort from Christian Dennis, which um, was deflected wide and looked like it was going to be the spark for a little bit of, of, of county possession, but it soon switched back to the other end again. And, and you know, that, that little bit of momentum was gone. I'm joined by Hal Boxall, the Harrogate Town media manager at half-time. So far, Hal, so good. Probably as good as you could have dreamt it. Yeah, I think so. I've been telling everyone before the game, I think we'll go out there and dominate, but I say that before every game. So they've been fantastic, just like they were last week against Boreham Wood, but it's something else coming here and doing it on the big stage. Hopefully we can keep that up and we're in the Football League. Notts County look as if they're carrying the burden of pressure and, and obviously appreciate won't, won't want to comment too much on that but on the flip side Harrogate Town have, have just approached it <coughs> like they're going to leave nothing here Yeah, I think there's a bit of an expectancy on Notts County to, um, they're a massive club they've spent so long in the Football League their fans haven't, probably haven't heard of Harrogate Town too much before this season but also, from our point of view, we've, we've got a whole town back up north at home willing us on into the Football League, so I think there's plenty of pressure on both sides and and we're, we're handling it out there. And we've looked fantastic this first 45 minutes. And of course, I'm bound to mention this, it could have been more Aaron Martin's been so close with the shot he dragged just wide of the post and, and, and the other one that uh, thumped the post. Yeah, Aaron Martin's been desperately unlucky now not to have a goal. His first town goal in both games. Nathan Ashmore pulled off a great save last week and clipping the post today, but Jack Diamond could have scored when he went through on goal. Muldoon had a good chance, so it's really no exaggeration to say it could be five. So 
I, I don't know what Simon's going to be saying in that dressing room because he doesn't want to be praising him too much. There's still 45 minutes to play and it is only two, but it's been a phenomenal performance so far. Yeah, well, I'm glad to catch up with you at last, um, Hal, anyway. Uh, it could be a bit hectic after the game, but thank you uh, to you personally and to Harrogate Town for your support of the NL full-time podcast. We'll hope to catch up, of course, with Simon and maybe Connor after the game um, in what might be the last time that Harrogate take part in the NL full-time podcast for a while at least. But uh, fingers crossed for you. Thank you very and, much. Uh, we really appreciate your coverage. Although I hope it is the last time you cover us, it's not for the quality of it. It's been fantastic to have you guys involved and hopefully we'll meet again one day. Well, Dickie, we said if Notts County are going to come back into this, it's going to have to be a game of two halves. But what a start. Less than one minute into the second half, they win a free kick edge of the era. And Callum Roberts curls it in, showing his undoubted quality. What a, you know... What a Philip that is for the game itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that it's straight away um, the changes that Neil Ardley's made at halftime. He's made he's made two substitutions and uh, obviously trying to give County some fresh impetus. Looked like um, one of the substitutes, Baldwin, was going to hit that, but yeah, Callum Roberts left foot past James Belshaw into the far corner, and um, yeah, it's game on now. Twenty minutes left, and Harrogate surely have put this one to bed now. We said they were coming back into it after the initial pressure from uh, Notts County at the start of the second half and just describe for the listeners that uh, third goal for not, uh, for Harrogate yeah well it, it looked as if well they, they had an opportunity just before that drinks break to make it uh, 3-1 but Jack Muldoon um, put an effort wide but Muldoon uh, really heavily involved there getting away on the right hand side nice work from John Stead actually towards um, to, to hold the ball up and then find him running through Jack Diamond headed into the six-yard box, met Muldoon's ball into the middle with a, a nice side-footed effort that goes past Slocum's right hand, and it's 3-1. So the two-goal lead restored. Is the life still in this final, or a Harrogate Town on the verge of the Football League for the first time in the club's history? That's it then, Dickie. A really entertaining final, and uh, but for that short passage of around 15 minutes where it looks like County might get back into it, at the start of the second half, Harrogate pretty much uh, controlled most of it, didn't they? Um, an incredible story, a fairy tale story for Harrogate Town. Absolutely, and I, I think there's probably only Harden, Notts County fans, who would um, argue that they didn't deserve that based on that performance today. Completely dominant in the first half, should have been ahead by more than two goals. As I say, given a bit of a fright at the start of the second half, but yeah, then steadied the ship and um, and, and a third goal to see it through and, and completely deserved, you know. And I think back to um, an instance where I watched Harrogate probably a couple of seasons ago beat my own team, Telford 5-1, and, and the football is just, it, it's, it hasn't changed, you know. Simon Weaver's stuck to his principles, he's playing the same way, he's obviously supplemented it with, you know, some better players along the way and they've got their rewards. A very, very well-run football club uh, with some tremendous characters there. Not least of all, Simon Weaver, the manager who will uh, catch up with post-match for sure. And he'll be able to look his own dad in the eye and embrace his own dad, who will be just as happy with him. as. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? Manager and chairman 
everybody wants to pick away at that and, 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 and find something wrong with it, but what a great working relationship they have. Oh, absolutely. Um, tremendous. I mean, we, we spoke to Simon in, in the first few weeks of lockdown on, on the podcast, and, you know, we, we talked at more length about that relationship he had with his, with his dad, Irving, and, it, and, and I found it quite moving, actually, to the way that he spoke about, you know, the relationship that they have and the way that he's... You know his dad has supported him and but you know it's all been done with a plan it's not been sort of like just mindlessly throwing money at, at a football club it's all been done with a plan and i think we've just seen irving down on the pitch there on the on the on the big screens here on the the, the cameras from wembley and yeah it's it's vindication of everything they've done there so congratulations to harrogate and commiserations to Notts county now normally we'd be in a mcdonald kind of grab player or a manager but in these crazy times they had to log into a zoom call and that's exactly what they did and first of all rob caught up with not county manager neil Ard. neil obviously the changes you made at half time did bring about a reaction you had the perfect start to the second half how near did you get really with those subsequent efforts from wooten and um and from baldwin it could have been a very different story couldn't it if one of those had gone in but that's the beauty of football, isn't it? It's, it's all them margins that, that go your way or don't go your way. I can't control all of that. Um, there, was a, there was too much fear about us in the first half. And um, I, I had to try and take that away in the second half and give the boys a different direction in the way to go about the game and make the subs accordingly. And I felt we did the right thing. We needed to be foot perfect. And as we all know, the third goal kills you. If you, if you take your chance, 2-2. Uh, we're in the ascendancy and it could be a different game but that's the beauty of football and I think in the end the third goal kills us and they, they run out deserved and that was Neil Ardley and Kingswick to Notts County they finished in third they had a fantastic season after this time a year ago they didn't even know what had happened to the club whether the club was even in existence so they'll bounce back and they'll be strong again next year I feel now on to the winning manager Harrogate Town manager Simon Weaver Simon many congratulations to you and to everyone oh, at Harrogate. Uh, we've spoken a few times during lockdown. Um, we had a couple of Zoom calls with the podcast, didn't we? And uh, we talked about the possibility of this day. There was a p- bit of poetic justice to it, really. You were second, Notts County were third. You both made it to this stage. How satisfying was it when you didn't have the opportunity to go on and win the title, but you did do it the right way today and you got the job done against the third best side in the league? Oh, well, first, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazingly satisfying sat here um, winning the playoffs. And it's the best way to go up, let's say, and I have to agree, if you're going to win it. But you don't have, have probably aged through all this process uh, from thinking it's, the season's going to be curtailed and not knowing what was going on. And I think it's it, the difficulty is then relaying that confusion to the players. And it, it was a difficult situation, but not ideal for any to handle whether it's the National League or, or football clubs, because everyone wants football. Everyone wants football to be played. And just very quickly, little a supplementary question. Um, when BT Sports started following you to make the documentary, it must have been the dream that it would finish here today at Wembley. Uh, it's going to be quite some documentary to watch, to keep and to show the grandchildren. Well, yeah. Um, when they rang me up, I was actually in the queue to pick up my little boy from reception and I never do that and I thought well, you're doing it you know what if he sees you just look at, look at your phone you know when he's walking out and I don't like that um, so I had to cut it short and then rang her back uh, Isabel Williams and she said want to do this documentary and 
I thought, well, it'd be great, but we've got to win it now. You know, we we, we got to try and write our own script, but um, it's a, it's a fairy tale ending for us. So yeah, at least we can relax when we first see it, thinking that it's ended well. Six members of the team that have played today that started the couple on the bench as well that were National League North promotion winners with you only a couple of years ago and and that continuity how important has that been and, and how important will it be going into next season I think you've got something like 17 or 18 players contracted already for next year uh, yeah because hopefully they've got the confidence to know that it's not it's not so brutal here you know we, we back them uh, I think the recruitment has been proven to do well for us, uh, but since we went full time, they're all hungry, aspirational characters that want to develop. So you've got to forgive them at times where there's a mistake, because that's all part of learning, and they've been allowed to learn. And with that, they've solved problem solved themselves because they're good, bright young men that have improved to such an extent. We've earned two promotions, so you know who might dramatically change that squad. You know, I think it would be a massive mistake. We've got to put faith in them. To, and it's been a dream of mine to have the likes of Warren Burrell, Josh Falconham, Lloyd Kerry, James Belshaw all come out to part-time football and have their opportunity in the Football League. And that was Simon Leaven. Congratulations once again to Harrogate and we'll keep a keen eye on how we do in the EFL. The National League North player final took place at York Street, Boston United, the very last home game at York Street. They took on Altrincham, and it was a very tight game, decided by a goalkeeping mistake by Peter Crook. Dan Mooney stepped in and scored the winning goal. Now, we tried to get someone from Altrincham on, a player or a manager, but apparently they'd had a pretty good night and let their hair down. So, we ended up speaking to the outgoing chairman and now president of Altrincham Football Club. It is Graham Rowley. Altrincham got through against Boston to get promotion to the National League. They won the National League North final by a goal to nil. Dan Mooney scoring as we tried to get some of the players and the management team, but uh, I think the only man who's going to be talking sense today is the, the current president of Aldrichcombe and uh, former chairman, Graeme Rowley. Hi, Graeme. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well. First of all, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> On top of the world at the moment, to be quite honest. It's a, it's a, it's a great feeling to get the club back to to where it has been, uh, and uh, like I say it's, it's a great end to my last season as, as, as chairman of the club. So it's, it's good to get, get us back to where um, we started off from. Yeah, I mean, just tell us about the game yesterday. It sounded a really tight game, and it was ultimately a mistake that decided it, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it was probably a typical final, and probably because both sides were very cagey about each other. Um, it, was, it, it wasn't a classic game at all. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a classic Ultragun game at all. It started off as uh, I think Boston are more long ball long ball game than, than we are, but I think they dragged us into that situation as well. So the first half was was very very bitty. Um, I, I think I think both sides and both managers would have been disappointed with the way the first half went. Second half when we were playing with the wind, I think I think we we took the took, took, um, put the emphasis on our, on our foot a little bit, and we had a few chances early doors. I think we had like, like I say you'd say four or five early half chances in, in, in early in the second half. Um, and I think we 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 we've seen the more dominant side, uh, but as you say, in the end, it, it was it was a bad error that actually actually caused it. It was funny because we were talking at the time, and I think even Phil Parkinson was thinking about bringing Dan Mooney off at, at that kind of stage to try and change, change things. 
but his persistence to actually chase the ball and and I suppose force the error off the goalkeeper uh, ultimately brought us the goal and, and brought us the reward for it. So uh, it's one of them kind of things, isn't it? You, uh, you, you can feel sorry for the, the goalkeeper. It is horrible that it's an, uh, such a costly error rather than a great goal that's actually won the game for you. But in the end, it all counts and uh, we've got the prize. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a quick chat after the Chester game and I know obviously we spoke to Phil Parkinson as well and he he was disappointed that he conceded two goals late on and he said it, it won't happen again. And you've gone away to two grounds where they said, oh, it's potentially it could be the last game because it yeah. was um, Booth and Crescent and obviously York Street. And then you've gone there and won them both without conceding there. So you've had to do it the hard way, haven't you? Yeah, and I, I, th- I think the... I mean, great credit to the, the defence. I mean, I think everyone always talks about strikers and about, 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 about people scoring goals and this kind of stuff. But I think you've got to give great credit to the, to the, the back five or the back six, even, to be honest, because I think Jake Malt does that brilliant job shielding the back four. Uh, I mean, talking, talking to people like Toby Malarkey uh, after the game, I mean, on the way back, he was, he was saying, it, it, it's, I'm sure it's not, but he says it's so easy playing back there when you've got Tom by the side of you and you've got and you've got Jake standing in front of you. Um, I think it makes it makes. I know the unit itself as as a unit of six, I suppose, at the back there is 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 so tight now actually and so consistent with the people. Um, special mention there though, I think for for Simon Simon Richmond yesterday who had to had slotting at right back. Um, not 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 an actual right back, but and also when you look back to the the game at Boston last August when we lost five 0 there was a lot of. A lot of their ball came down their left side um, on Sean Densmore's side. Uh, so Simon Richard mustn't, mustn't have been looking forward to uh, mm-hmm. uh, playing that, 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 that role. But uh, he did a great job back there. And uh, like I say, he was up there with, with one of the Man of Action Awards, I think, I, w- I would say. As I say, you've been, you've been chairman, groundsman, you've done it all, you know, president. You are Mr. Oldscombe as well as a fan. You, you, you seem to be there 24-7. Whenever I'm there, you're there as well. And... Uh, it means a lot to you, the club, and, and obviously going up now must mean a lot to you. It certainly does. I, I, I think, I say, if you, look, if you look back over the last five years, I think a lot of people thought about the, like the, the two relegations and this kind of thing. There was a lot of um, I think calls for my head uh, to, to, to be chopped off after, after the two relegations. Um, I said at the time then, I, I thought I still had something to offer the club. Um, I think we were all fortunate with the, with the way things worked out with the management, managerial appointments. Um, and I said then we're, there was the, I had something to give, give still, and I think we've proved that by actually getting the right people in now. I, mean, I say it's always always with hindsight that you, you know that uh, we've got the right people in. We've we, we worked well with them. We've worked hard with them. Um, and like I say, I think there's no better way to finish my reign as chairman as to get us back in the conference national. Yeah, and there's big plans off the pitch as well, isn't there? It's not just on the pitch. I mean, obviously, old team have been. Would it be fair to say a little bit of a yo-yo club between the National League and National League North? But there's plans in place for you now to try and cement yourself as a National League club, isn't there? Yeah, I think it, it, everything's very positive at the moment. Like I say all the, all the all the vibes around the place are, are, are brilliant. To be honest, we're, we're playing a nice brand of football. Uh, people, uh, like I say, people are enjoying watching Australian. The club itself, out, off off the field as well, right? with the community sports hall, is it, growing all the time. And I, th- I think we've put a lot of building blocks in place that that hopefully will bring bring fruits in in, in the future as well. So um, it's it's all all looking good. Um, I say you, you you look to the the future. It's it's going to be a difficult season next year. One for, for for getting promoted, but two also because of all the I know uncertainties around like the the COVID situation about crowds about 
everything. It's 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 going to be an awkward an awkward season, but it's going to be the same for everyone. So it's it's uh, everyone's got to face the same problems, and uh, we just got to make sure that we're the most professional body out there to, and, and make sure we thrive because of it. Yeah, not like you said, you're giving up the chairmanship now. You're going to move up and become a new role as president. But I'm guessing you'll still be doing the same things as you do anyway. I think the one thing, one thing I, I've always enjoyed, like I say, is the match day experience. Uh, I've always, always enjoy, enjoyed being involved there, um, making making sure everything's right for the game. Um, it's probably one thing that people don't see, to be quite honest, a lot of the time. I mean, a lot of people turn up at, at two o'clock or even three o'clock, as some people do, and the game goes ahead and no one no one sees what goes on behind the scenes to make sure that either everything's ready for the game. But that's that's one of the, one of the bits of the job that I really really enjoy, and um, I suppose in one way, especially now we've got two chairmen who who aren't aren't local in that kind of sense. You need someone on on the ground level to actually organise that. So it's the one thing I was quite happy to like say, well, I'll, I'll continue to do because we've got a great set of volunteers. And again, I think people don't realise how much gets done by people for nothing at the club. We've got a great set of volunteers, and again, we've, I've already um, formed a little um, working group. Uh, to look at the new regulations, to look at the government guidelines, to look at the way we're going to have to set up the ground, etc., for uh, re- return to sport and return to crowds. Uh, we, we, we've already uh, formulated a group of five people who are going to actually start doing that, um, and that, that that work starts immediately. Yeah, and I know, obviously, as, as well, you said on the match day, I mean, I saw you after the Chester game, you look like you played the 90 minutes. You, you, you go through it as well, don't you, watching it? Oh. I, the, emo, the emotions and then yeah, I, I grew my nails during the week because I knew down well I'd be I'd be I'd be not knowing where to join the join the during the game yesterday. So uh, yeah, you do. I, I must I must say actually I've never been so nervous during the game as I was yesterday. I think it's probably weird, it's probably surreal as well, like the experience of actually watching these games with, 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 with no crowd there as well. It, it's uh, it's not something I I would love to I would love to provide like I know a, a big crowd there yesterday to actually yeah. watch that um, and yeah the opposite way around you you turn around and say well actually you you were quite honoured to actually be, be part of it because there wasn't many people there and I suppose I can put my hand up in in the future and say well I was there when it happened so and, and helped out on the day yeah you could say and you're one of the last people to leave York Street as well before it gets knocked down so I probably was one of the last few actually. To- yeah, I probably was one of the last few to, to to walk out of there actually as well. Yeah, I have to, I have to, I say we just made sure all the change rooms are all t- all nice and tidy. And uh, but yeah, it definitely it definitely is their last game there. Whereas Boom, I think they're, they're still unsure whether or not they're going to move into the, the new ground yet at York. So, uh, but but uh, York Street's definitely coming down. So yeah. Brilliant. Well, Graham, thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck for next season and well done again. Thanks ever so much, yeah. That was Graham Rowling. Congratulations to Aldrigham. We'll keep a key eye on how they do next season in the National League and also commiserations to Boston United. It's a shame they couldn't go out on a high from Yorkshire, but they've got a lot to look forward to with the new ground coming and they'll be there or thereabouts next season, I reckon. Now, in the National League South, it was Weymouth versus Dartford. And we predicted last week it would be a tight final. Again, we couldn't really decide which way it was going to go. And so it proved it finished nil-nil after 90 minutes. It went to penalties. Darford missed all theirs. In fact, they didn't even make the goalkeeper work. They skied all three out of the ground. Weymouth, who Rob Malmutters aren't very good at penalties, they scored all three. And that means that they have got back-to-back promotions alongside Kings Lynn. And I'm not sure when that last happened when you had two teams who got into the National League, both on back-to-back promotions. It's happened maybe with one team, but not with two. If you know the answer, let us know at NL Fulltime on Twitter and at NL Fulltime at gmail.com. And Rob caught up the morning after with 
the victorious Weymouth manager, Mark Mosley. Let's just set the scene for you in the National League South. Um, after all the competition throughout the season, the playoff final came down to Steve King's Dartford making a third consecutive away trip in the playoffs to uh, Mark Mosley's Weymouth at the Bob Lucas Stadium. Very, very big shame for all, of course, that no fans could be there. I managed to watch the live stream uh, and I'm delighted to be joined now on the Sunday morning, on the day after the night before, by the successful Weymouth manager, Mark Mosley. Uh, Mark, good morning. How are you feeling? Morning, Rob. Yeah, a bit of a, a, bit of a something head, but um, yeah, look, look, this probably starting to sink in a little bit. It was... Uh, a fantastic achievement, and um, you know I'm I'm so pleased for everyone associated with the football club to be able to to be able to deliver conference football, conference premier football next season. Um, mm. You know the, the lads have been fantastic. I mean, what they've achieved here is 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 truly remarkable, to be honest. Yeah, no, it is fantastic, and I'm going to take you back in a little a little moment or two to the club that you found when you came in a few years back. But just dealing with. Kind of the nuts and bolts of yesterday. Um, a very, very, very tight game. Nothing in it, really. Few chances at either end. And uh, uh, and I guess the fact that it's decided by penalties is that awful thing in football where there's not much between the two sides. One of them has to stomach defeat and the other one goes on to win the penalties. So uh, how did you see the game yesterday and the penalty shootout? I think, like like you said, it it was a tight affair. It was a, a final. There was so much at stake. It was still a peculiar situation with without no fans and and obviously the COVID restrictions and the hoops we've had to jump through and the, the probably lack of preparation time. It, it was it was it was a strange affair. But I felt that we created a couple of good chances in the game. Probably maybe had. Slightly the better chances, but like, like you said, it was a, it was it was a close encounter, and, and, and I really feel for Steve King and his uh, and his team. Is you know they've done ever so well, and you know I really don't want to sound patronising to, to a colleague, but he's put a fantastic team together, and and to fall short in penalties, it must, it must have been so tough, and you know that's what I was thinking. How even when we won, I was thinking, oh my God, can you imagine if we had lost to that penalty, how cruel this game can be. But look, it was written in the stars for us this season. It was our day yesterday, um, but I, I would always say that we deserved it over the whole of the season. When you mm-hmm. take that in all into account, I feel we fully deserved that promotion. Well, yeah, I, I concur with everything you've just said and, uh, you know, commiserations to Steve King, a remarkable achievement, I think making his fourth playoff final, he'll correct me if I'm wrong with that. He hasn't had a lot of joy when he's got to the finals, but uh, a remarkable turnaround at Dartford uh, this season to even get to the playoffs. And as for Weymouth, well, quite frankly, Mark, it's it's not logical, is it? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Back-to-back promotions coming from pretty much uh, a fully part-time league into now what's going to be a pretty much fully full-time league. Uh, a little old Weymouth Town are going to be back amongst it, but it—it's not somewhere the club hasn't been before, albeit a while back. Yeah, I think the club was was once there before, and uh, you know Gary Hill had a fantastic team down, and they were near the top of it. Um, but it sort of fell away once Gary Hill left, and. Uh, and the chairman and whatnot, and it's been quite a slippery slope since then, and it found itself 
you know, quite lower down the leagues, but to, to get it back up to where it was once before is, uh, you know, it's, it's a proud moment for myself and, and, and my staff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to be great to be back there. It's, it's slowly sinking in a little bit, but all the hard work and the dedication and from from, from all my players, um, it's, it's, it's all it's all been worth it. And I said to my players, you know, there's so many lows in football. It can be such a cruel game, and um, you know, to get a promotion on your CV. I mean, I had one as a player. I was lucky to have one. Um, you know, I had one as a player, and we got such a young team. And for them to get some of them, we got two on their CVs already. That alone one. Um, it's a fantastic achievement. Would it be fair to say that, as well as the obvious learning that you've taken as a professional in the game, and uh, and as I heard in one of your interviews yesterday, you know, a lot of a lot of lows in your playing career, a lot of knockbacks. Have you used that, you think, to 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 both get the best out of yourself and the players at your disposal? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. I've been shaped as a manager through through my own experiences, not just in football but in life. I think that shaped you as, as, as a person, and I like to think I've carried carried that through with me into my management. I mean, as a player, you know, I was probably unfortunate with my injury record, and I had to lean on a lot of people, use a lot of people, and I've taken all of that, that advice and, and that appreciation for people who. who who can really aid you, um, you know, on the pitch, you know, sports scientists, psychologists, like everything, you name it. I've, I've spoke to them and been around them and, and I really appreciate all the work that they do. So when we caught up again for the first time, I guess, uh, with you as a manager was um, after a game Weymouth played last season down at Hartley Whitney and we, we had a little joke as we parted about there might be a possibility that one day you'll come back and potentially... Uh, uh, manage Weymouth against Aldershot, well, one of your former clubs, of course, and uh, you know, all being well, that will happen now next season. I know that you'll be welcomed with open arms back at the EBB at least till the game kicks off, Mark. Anyway, um, but uh, let's let's just look forward just a little bit. I know it's hard, it's early, as you say, heavy head. Good night, and quite rightly celebrating a fantastic achievement, but. Weymouth right now is pretty much a fully part-time football club, isn't it, Mark? And I guess meetings are going to be after held over the coming weeks if they haven't already kicked off about just how you do approach next season. Yeah, look, for, for certain, we haven't allowed ourselves the luxury to, to think about too much next season as, as the goal was so big in front of us, we couldn't take our eye off the prize of that. But look, look, now that's happened, yeah, we'll have to start plotting how, you know, start plotting the new season in, in the new league. And it's, it's certainly going to be an absolute mammoth of a challenge. You know, we're a part time team. We probably had one of the lowest budgets in the Conference South, let alone what we'd be in, in now the Conference. Um, you know, we will still be a part time model. There's, there's no secret there. Like, with COVID, what's happened, and, and you know, the league starting in October, there's no way that we, you know, we be ready to, to do anything other than on, on, on how we run the club at the moment. So, um, you know, we'll be. We'll be part-time and uh, look, it served us well so far and we've proved a lot of doubters wrong and um, you know, we're going to have to prove a lot of doubters wrong this season because we're certainly going to be the underdog but you know, we thrive on that sort of challenge and mm. uh, we've got everything to be excited about now. Well, having watched the National League pretty close up and personal, pretty much week in, week out for the last five or six years now, one of the things that I've, I think is key is to have an identity, is to have a brand Football is to know where where you are in that scenario, and there's no doubt, no doubt whatsoever, the sort of clubs I know you'll be looking at: the Wokins, the Halifax FC, Halifax Town, 
you can succeed, you can get wins, you can get results, you can put runs together. Tough, but very, very difficult in, in that league. But um, and, and I'm just trying to think, if you were in, when Aldershot first played in the um, conference in 2004, was you at that club then? I can't remember. No, I was, no. Aldershot was my first full-time move, so um, yeah. yeah, we were... We were professional when when I come to the club, so yeah. yeah look, there's there's been a, you know some teams that have done it. We we know it's virtually predominantly a, a full time league, and, and we're going to be the new boys on the block. You know, we were probably like I said, um, you know, one of the lower budgets in our league, and, and definitely probably one of the youngest teams. I mean, our average age of our starting lineup yesterday was under twenty four. It was you know twenty three point something. So, mm. but. Uh, People would have said when I first come in the door that you, you know you you won't win anything with, with the youngsters. You won't win playing your style of football in non-league. And uh, you know I like to think that we've we've proved them them people wrong. And and like I said it's, it, we're going to have a real real tough challenge ahead of us. It's, it's, you know make no bones about it. I've played in that league mm. many a time. And I know I just know how tough it is. And um, it's, it's going to be. But that's what this group needs. That's what we want. We want the challenge. I feel that the challenge brings out the best in us. I think the teams that we competed against in the Conference South this year have been fantastic. And uh, I think any one of the teams that would have got promoted out of them playoffs, you know, you would have taken your hat off to them and said fair play because they're all fantastic teams. So, you know, playing against those teams has, has brought the best out in us. And then hopefully, you know, playing against these great clubs that we're going to go and play against in the Conference, hopefully that will continue to bring the best out of us as, as, as a team. Well, all the very, very best to you, Mark. Um, it's so good to catch up with you. So good to have kind of watched your journey over the last couple of years in particular from afar. And uh, I look forward to meeting you, shaking your hand and letting our teams do battle next season, mate. All the very best. Enjoy yeah, the little... I'm going to say this with tongue firmly in cheek now, Mark. Enjoy the little break. You're not going to get one, are you? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not, it's not big at all. But, uh, yeah, look, it's... Um... It's, it's, it's you know fantastic for ourselves and um, and we really look forward to uh, our next season now. And that was Mark Mosley. Congratulations once again to him. I think commiserations to Dartford and Steve King. They've done absolutely brilliantly from when Steve King took over to get them to where they are and probably there or thereabouts, there or thereabouts next season. But that is it. Thank you very much for listening to us throughout the season and also throughout the playoff games. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and then you'll get it downloaded to your device every week. Or give us a follow on Twitter, as I say, at NL Full Time. Or drop us an email, nlfulltime at gmail.com. Next week is our last show of the season. And it's where we do a little review of the season, but also it's where the main thing happens. We find out our predictions. Who won? Who finished bottom? Who do we get the last few numbers off? And who do we bring back? Until then, make sure you join us and we'll see you all very soon and look after yourselves. (laughs) 